fell off. They didn't fall off, and they're always relevant, and they're always in the mix, and they're like they're ready for that championship. Not just saying it; they actually do it. Right. Their regular season records. They went to the Cup final last year. They're trying to figure out how do I get this group back into that same situation of the glory days. And Boston's got that one cup from 2010. But every year that seems like they're loaded to to go on a run, and they do. Well, guess guess what, guys? In a cap era, you know who makes the most money on that team? Their second line center, Krejci. David, David Krejci makes seven point two five. Like, and I, and no, you can't. Like, we can sit there and say that's amazing. Now these contracts were signed years ago, so. You know, they're not all fortunate, not all of them, but I mean, yeah, Pasternak is, you've got Pasternak. Like, I still can't believe Pasternak makes 6.6 million. I can. He bought into the program. I can. So did did Brendan Carlo. So did Charlie. So did McAvoy. Absolutely. Marshan is at 6.1. Only the Leafs. We're not going to do this again, but only the Leafs had to get every penny. They're the only ones. Yeah. And that's the part of the problem with the whole, the whole makeup of the roster is every guy had to get every penny. And now look what, what they're dealing with. Like their manager now, the manager was the one that gave it to them all, so he's got to deal with it. You know, it's his hand; he's dealt himself his own poker hand. Right. But if Mitch Marner didn't have to make ten point nine, then maybe Kapanen is still here. Maybe he's not. Maybe maybe it's not about Cap. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe they don't love Kapanen's fit. I right. I guess we'll wait to see what Kyle can tell us about that. In about forty minutes, he's going to speak with the media. So, basically what I'm listening to here is that Carlo, Pasternak, McAvoy, Marchand all bought into a system and took cheap deals to keep the core together. That is not a correct statement. That's not correct at all, actually. Um... Marshan, we'll start with him. So he signed his deal at age 28. Age 28, right? He's not a guy coming off an ELC. He's not a guy who is a star or potential star in the NHL. He's a guy who just had his career best at age 28 of 61 points. In a season. Let me remind you that when Nylander was a rookie. At age 20. He had 61 points. In his second year. Before his contract year. Or before the summer of his contract negotiations. He also had 61 points again. So I'll leave that there for later. His, uh, so for Marshan's contract year, though, he did have 37 goals, which is very impressive. But before that, he'd only had 28. And the Bruins had just missed two straight uh, playoff runs. So you got to go back to the last playoff uh, series he played in. He only had five points. They were all assists, and that was in 12 games. For reference... Just to compare to, to Leafs players that, you know, people think are bad. Nylander had 8 points in 13 playoff games. So, just just put that, leave that in your brain for later. Um, so, yeah, his, his prior 
season to his contract year, he only had 42 points. And as a career, um, he only averaged a 52-point pace over 82 games. So he's a 50-point player going into a contract at age 28. And you have the nerve to tell me that taking an eight-year deal at over $6 million is a, is a bargain? Is him buying into a system? No. At the time, he got top dollar for what he was. He was a decent second-liner, brought some grit, and he had one good year. You know, he's going to give you 25 to 30 a year. That's good for scoring. And he had an 8.4% cap hit. Next up, you've got Charlie McAvoy. His contract's taking place at age of 21. Definitely a good defenseman. Definitely someone any GM would be glad to have. That's not an argument. But he had some health issues. I'm not going to get into them, but they weren't good. Um, he did have a lot of playoff experience because of Boston's runs. So he had 41 games under his belt already. And a .39 points per game, which is pretty decent for a young defenseman. Um, and he had 60 points in 117 games. The thing with this is, he didn't really take a cut on a contract. He actually set himself up for a huge payday. So like most RFAs that are uh, not franchise players, but stars, like McAvoy would be. Took a bridge deal, three-year deal, 4.9 mil, which is 6% of the cap hit. To put that in perspective, um, Nylander took 2 million more for twice the term. And Nylander gives you 60 to 70 points a year. And he's going to score 25 to 40 a year. So where did McAvoy take a cut? Because that's, that's not a cheap contract on a bridge deal for a defenseman. Unless we're talking about Kale McCarr here. I don't know what Overdrive's talking about buying into this system. David Pasternak. Age 22, takes a six-year, $6.67 million deal, which is 8.9% of the cap. So going into this contract, these are his numbers. So his first two years in the NHL, he was only an average of 45-point pace, um, 0.54 points per game. In his contract year, though, he did similar to what Marchand did. Going into his contract year, he had a crazy good year. He had a 70-point season in 75 games. 34 of those were goals. Um, bringing up his career pace at the time to 58 points per season over the first three years. His market value at that time was pretty much exactly what he got. Could he have gotten a bit more? Absolutely. But did he take a, a cut to stay with Boston? No. 
he took a six-year deal. Which is exactly what Nylander did. Nylander got slightly less cap hit. And Nylander actually had better numbers than Pasternak did when Nylander signed his deal. Nylander didn't take Dubas to the, to the cleaners. Nylander didn't do anything but just fight to get market value. And if we're being honest on a lot of other teams, Nylander could have got 7-5. Like he was a rookie who had never had worse than 61 points on a team that just came out of a, being 31st or 30th in the league. Um, and his playoff numbers weren't bad. 8 points in 13 games? That's that's not bad at all. Especially when you look at where Babcock had him playing in the lineup sometimes. So Pasternak didn't buy into no system. McAvoy didn't buy into no system. Brandon Carlo is a great defenseman, but he's not getting paid bank. And there's a reason for that. because he gets 10 points a season. He's a defensive defenseman. He does good at it. He's not a guy who's going to get paid big. He never will. Unless a team's really need someone like that. Um, he took a two-year deal. Like That's not buying into a system. That's taking a decent amount of money for a short amount of time, setting yourself up, betting on yourself to get a bigger contract in the future. He didn't buy into a system. Marshan sure as shit, did not buy into any system. Him and his agent took the secure deal of eight years. They wanted security. They wanted the guaranteed money. He did that. Like, that's all there is to it. There was no, oh, the Leafs had to get every penny. No, no, no. No, no, no. The Leafs, yeah, they got their market value. Marner got a little bit extra on the top, but it's not enough that's going to put this team in a hole, and it's a core that's going to be together for years. Like, there's no bridge bridge deals here. These are six- and five-year terms between Marner, Matthews, and Nylander. And Taveras took a pretty significant cut to be with the team as a free agent, and he took seven years. So you're getting Tavares in his prime uh, and a captain. You've got Matthews, who is, by the numbers, the best shooter goal scorer in the league. And, and I can give you the numbers if you want. I'm not going to give you too many I'll just tell leave it with this since Matthews entered the league he's got the most even strength goals per game at 0. 0.405 per game versus Connor McDavid who is second with 0.38 and the only person who has more total goals per game in the time that since Matthews entered the league is Ovechkin who only has 0. 0.018 more you're talking a 0.18 difference between Ovechkin and Matthews overall. And when you take away the power play, Matthews is far and above the best goal scorer in the game. Um, and you got to, at the end of the day, he's also a centerman who is very good defensively, top-notch on face-offs, and he blocks more shots than Mark Stone which is like the holy grail of defensive forwards. So you're getting a defensive, you know, a, a centerman who excels at the defensive end, but doesn't need to because he's also the most offensive scorer and centerman in the league. 
And he's only 22 when he signed his deal. Five years. And again, the only reason you can argue these Leafs contracts suck is because the cap is now frozen. Cap's frozen because of a friggin' pandemic. You can't predict that. That's not... No one's going to be like, well, I need you to take off a half a mil on your deal because what if there's a pandemic? No, nobody brought that up in any negotiation ever. So cut that shit out. And the last person to talk about on this is Mitch Marner. Yeah, took a little bit more than he should have. His market value is around 9.5 at the time. But again, looking forward to understanding that the cap was supposed to go up another 2 mil at least um, the coming year after. And it was supposed to go up, you know, in the future during this term. We didn't know that this pandemic was going to happen and that it would essentially screw over our cap situation. But at the time, Marner had 94 points going into his contract. 94 points in a season at, at the age of 21 and 22. Um, in the playoffs, he had 17 points in 20 games. And just like Neil Andrew, he had no lower than 61 points, which was his rookie year. And his three-year total going into his contract was a 76-point average. Again, Pasternak's 58. So Marner's putting up 18 more points average per season um, at the same age. Uh, I mean, obviously you're going to get paid. And Marner's agent got every dollar absolutely but it wasn't an overpayment and he took six years just like Nylander six years is fine the only way we have a, a screw over at all in this situation is Matthews taking five years but again Matthews he's, he's gonna be the best goal scorer to go down in history to me and as far as modern era he is the best goal scorer and he's going to prove that going down the road. But, you know, he wants to get his money. He wants to, to get what he deserves. Um, you know, and it's not easy playing in Toronto market. And the taxes in Toronto are something the league really needs to account for with these salary caps. Because that definitely plays a part. So, there's no system Boston bought into. There's nothing Dubas did that was really wrong. Uh, Dubas has built one of the best cores in the league, and he's building around it. He's finally gotten rid of the mess that Lou Lamorello left as far as the Marlowe contract, the Zaitsev deal. Uh, he's already flipped Kapanen with a great trade with Pittsburgh. He, so now we have a first for this draft, 15th overall, which there's going to be someone good dropping to. I'm very excited for that. And worst case, it's used as a, bargaining or a trading chip to acquire whoever. I mean, there's still lots of, lots of time left before the next season, assuming that season's coming by January. Um, but the draft is soon, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, Dubas had a lot on his plate, and it's only been two years. And, you know, he's finally, this next season's going to be an actual year where he is 100% responsible. In, in a good way. Like, like this team doesn't have any ties left to the previous GM. 
as far as burdens. He's got his draft picks coming up. Guys like Nick Robertson. He's going to have this draft to run by himself um, with the scouts that he likes, get the players that he wants in his system. And he's got his coach, Sheldon Keefe, calling the shots on the bench and, you know, getting the system in place with the players. It's going to be good. And I wish people would just relax and see that things aren't as bad as everyone thinks. Like the Columbus series, it's blown way out of proportion. It was a bad, it was a tough loss, but it's not a big deal. Like anyone with an eye can see moving forward, the Leafs don't have a problem. Like you have to know, like Dubas is going to do something. Nobody cares more about the team than our GM. And it's the first time in uh, forever you can think that because this isn't just a random old time GM who's just a businessman who just wants to build a good hockey team. This is a guy who lives and breathes for this organization, spent his entire life to get to this point, and he's so, he's very open-minded, he's very smart, he's proven himself at every level he's been at, he earned his position, and so far he's done a hell of a job, considering, so, you know, anyways, rambling on, um, yeah, so Overdrive, uh, do your research, quit uh, being the typical, you know, Toronto media just casting dark clouds and shitting on an organization that hasn't done anything wrong in, in that contract's regard. Um, it's embarrassing because we got two, two former NHLers on that show, and uh, Overdrive is one of my favorite shows, and... Um, I'm not going to stop listening to it. I'm not going to, you know, shit on them over this. But, I mean, it had to be brought up because nobody else is talking about it. Everyone forgets Marshan was not this star when he signed his deal. You know, Marshan spent seven years in the league as just a just an average player. You know, an undersized guy for sure. Very obviously a good player. But, you know, he wasn't a star. So... He got a good deal, didn't take, didn't buy into no system. You know, he, his agent probably just screwed him over. The eight-year deal kind of sucks for him. But um, regardless, whether he's making six mil or eight mil a year, he's not hurting. So it is what it is. But anyways, thanks for listening.